Welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast, where personal growth simply isn't enough. I'm your host, Mark Cordone, a positive psychology coach, a do-gooder from the island of misfit toys who founded the Joy Revolution. Each week, I'll wrap with an extraordinary guest doing extraordinary things through their own revolutionary work to talk about the ups, downs, and all-arounds of life. It's my mission to provoke and empower you through increased joy and inspire you to spark your own revolution to change history for the better. Welcome to the most serious happiness podcast in this multiverse. Welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast. All right, what is shaking? It is Mark Back with the Golden Mike Podcast and my buddy, Josh Ludlam, president of Exponential Evolution, um, and, and very cool company, um, focused on purpose, um, yeah. focused on uh, not only evolving the, the leader in the company, but also evolving the company itself. Um, and all of the people in the company. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty much. turning the leader into, and the people within the company into leaders as well, showing up as partners. I, it's I, really cool. I, I love it. I, like, um, w- when I uh, first heard of the name of your company, I, I thought of that, um, that, uh, ev- that like, Cro-Magnon man to Homo sapien chart. In five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and, then, and then just going from point A to Z yep. on it. Um, so, Josh, it's, it's awesome to have you on the podcast. Um, Thank you. I, I, well, you, you. You came on time. And the thing is, you, you probably should have been even later because of the fact that, like, yeah, uh, our mutual buddy Sunshine told me that you told her that I've been blowing you off the whole time. Oh, <laughs> she gave me go. a hard time about that, man. You've been blowing me off a little bit. <laughs> I have been blowing you off, but uh, it's good to finally get on and 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 have this conversation with you, man, and and um, really to talk about um, not only exponential evolution but your exponential evolution yeah. and also your joy revolution you like that you like I that? love how you put those two, two together <laughs> and they absolutely fit absolutely fit I, I, I love it and 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 I, I want to get right into this because the show has all the notes on you it, it, all the notes on your company and and we can find that Josh on uh, your website but let's jump into Josh, who grew up in North Carolina, uh, the, the Josh who uh, who is a pastor's kid, uh, raised in a strict sect of, of Christianity, yeah. um, and, and then all the way up to uh, you know what you're doing now with 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 your TEDx and in your company and and all this great stuff yep. that's going on. But let's go to let's go to Josh from North Carolina. Tell me about what that experience was like and how that has shaped you. I mean, that could be another probably two hours in and of itself. Right? How long is this podcast? Do you- <laughs> You'd be surprised. We've had a couple like multi, a couple multi-episode podcasts. So we got time, bro. Well, there is plenty of content for that. I, when you, when you ask about the kid who grew up from North Carolina, the pastor's kid, it's absolutely you know, I think sometimes we forget the stories that shape us. Mm-hmm. We move past them, and then we're like, "Oh, that was that was then." But they, the, the shape of you know, growing up as a pastor's kid, growing up in this version of the world where, like, I was taught from a child, you're pretty much worthless. 
And it, it was it came directly from the Christian teaching. There was one in particular that just was bored into my head, which was all of our righteousness is like filthy rags. It was preached over and over and over again. And what it did was it taught me that at my core, nothing that I could do would ever be good enough. And you grow up oh. and you, you change that, you know, you, you realize like that can't be true. There's no way that that can be true. I see everybody around me, you know, being successful and, you know, and being happy. And, and, and at the core, that belief was still there. So, yeah, I jumped right, right the heck into it because that, <laughs> that, that, that is what has fueled me with this exponential evolution is realizing that we, a lot of people deal with that, maybe not to the same extent that I do, but this belief of like, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't have that good in me. I, yeah. I, I see around me the, you know, the way that, you know, the way that I've, that I've acted or the way that I think or the way that I've shown up in the world. And maybe I don't have this goodness in me. And yeah. for me, it was that journey of, of accepting all of those parts of me, every single part of me as having the potential to fuel that, that, that change that I want to, to be in the world. In, interesting. And, and so in terms of growing up with this belief that, yeah. that I, Josh, am, am, am not good enough, um, like how long was that something that, that stuck with you? I turned 41 last year. Yeah. <laughs> it was until then. I mean, it, that it stuck with me. That yeah. it, it, it changed over time. I, I shed layers of it over time. You know, not only was I a pastor's kid, I studied to be a youth pastor. I was going to go back to my dad's church and teach the stuff that I had been taught. And I, when I came to the end of my training and I just got done and I was like, I cannot do this to people. I cannot bring this message back and teach another generation this that I was taught. Now, was there ever a part of you that was, uh, uh, was there ever a part of you that even before you went into to, to youth training in which you were you were questioning that? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, because w when I was in um, uh, multicultural training uh, or, or when I was working in multicultural, when I first started, it was my own anger towards society in which I started passing on to others. And if you were not angry like I was, mm. then you were not Asian enough. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and so I'm feeling a, I'm, I'm feeling like a similar vibe about that. Yeah, that's so, so I look at it now. I've mm -hmm. come back. I, I left my Christianity. I'll get that to that in a second. Okay. And I've come back in a way that has allowed me to see the truth that I experienced. I, I, I did reject that. I, I started rejecting that. I still went to the Christian college. I still went and got the youth ministry degree. And I finally just, when I finally was like, this, what I am feeling is so different than what they're telling me that I've got to, I've got to, I've got to pull the cord on this. But it wasn't mm. until fast forward 15, 20 more years later until I actually said, what actually found verification of the truth that I knew at the time, which was this, this, this isn't true. Mm. And experience that as an adult, experience that as a 41-year-old man, as a 40-year-old man, as I, um, as I got into this, this work for myself of like really changing that, that mindset, what I know to be true, what I believed to be true as a kid that I was rejecting yeah. was the truth. And, and for me to be able to actually experience that for myself 
instead of going based off of what other people were telling me. That was freedom. Mm. And what I found was that the other religions, the other, the other, the people that have like rushed into my life now because I have, that I've come to that realization for myself that, that, that of the truth that I had, they're verifying that over and over. So from a place of wholeness, we can, I, I can experience my, my life, um, not from a place of, it was this lack, it was this, you're not enough, right? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm, now I'm experiencing this place of, I feel whole. I feel I, I've looked at myself exactly the way that I am. Um, and other people are coming into my life that are, that are sharing that same message. So I know that message is coming from something that's outside of me. Mm. It's not something that, that, that I just like, oh, I'm rejecting this, this way of the world. I did that. And now I'm on this path of like, not just rejecting that way of the world, yeah. but seeing a better vision for the world. And that's the thing that I'm focused on. It, it's almost like, like you, you have uh, expanded your, 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 your perspective and also at the same time integrated yes. the way that other people see things. I had a friend of mine the other day that was talking about Christianity and, and, I, and I'm, this is not to knock it in any way, but that view of Christianity that I grew up with, I liken to looking through a pinhole. And there's 40 other pinholes on a wall yeah. that on the other side of that wall is the truth. Absolutely. And each one of the religious ideologies and practices have, have, um, have a bead on what's on the other side of that wall. And if we just limit ourselves to the peephole that we're used to, we're missing out on all the color and all the richness and all of the like, depth of what's on the other side of that wall. That is, that is such a really awesome way of, 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 uh, you know, talking about um, that that perspective. I also want to talk about that perspective and the verification of the truth that you talked about, mm -hmm. and sort of when when you were questioning the truth that you grew up with, you got verification when you were older about sort of this this expanding truth that you mm -hmm. had. I, you know, I don't want to say this this new truth or the true truth because there will always be a, it'll always be a moving target, right? Correct. So, so what was the verification? Well, the verification was I'm taught again, growing up, you're not good at your heart. You're not good. Even the good stuff that you can do is, is worthless. So rejecting that and going like, this can't be, this, this cannot be the truth. Mm -hmm. When you hear the truth, I listened to Conversations with God. I don't know if you've listened to that book, mm -hmm. book or not. When I heard the things that were being talked about, about remembering who you are and what the truth is, I sat with that knowledge and I felt it in every ounce of my body. Like I literally, we talk about embodying things and that's when I realized that the people were, that were teaching me the things that they were teaching me growing up knew the information, but they had never embodied the love of God. They had never embodied the feeling of wholeness, the feeling of knowing I am enough, the feeling of just being human. Mm -hmm. they, were, they were striving for this perfection. And when, when it just sat with me of like, I am enough, like the, the, all of the truth that I believed as a child that I was being told this isn't truth, when I just let all of that crap go away and just let the truth exist. 
that's when I heard other people sharing it from, from their experience as well. And again, knowing that we're tapped into something, I, I don't know what it is. We don't really truly know what it is, but we're tapped into something where we're all getting that message. And, and, and I felt the truth of it. Wow. Okay. Okay. And describe this because you, you, you said it in words as freedom. Yep. Uh, and for some reason, I, you can see that the, the tiny little Asian hairs on my, on my arm are standing up right now because you're talking about the word freedom and embodying that. Like, I, I just want you to describe, I want to, I, I want to, for my own sake, savor that freedom through you. Like, tell me what that, what that felt like. It's come in different and don't say joy because waves. that's too easy. No, no. It's come, it's come <laughs> in different iterations and different waves. But it was like, I've also talked about it this way. It was like, it was like taking off a coat that was five, a 500 pound coat. You know, those weighted blankets that people sleep with for, you know, anxiety. Oh, heck yeah. Do I, I know I, those weighted know, blankets? I want one. I don't have one. <laughs> do I know those weighted blankets? I put like extra weights on the weighted blankets. <laughs> so they're great when you sleep. They're terrible when you're carrying it around on a daily basis and it weighs, weighs 500 pounds and it's the, it, it is the, um, the weight of everyone else's guilt. It's the weight of everyone else's shame that they've put on you. And I willingly picked it up. I put it on, even though I, I knew that truth back as a kid. I, I like in my heart, I knew that truth. And yet every single morning I would wake up and I would go to school and I would pray, dear God, please save me again. If I did not get saved yesterday, please save me from this sinful thing that I am. And I wore that weight like a coat. And so you ask what it felt like when I just said, fuck this, like, crap that I've been given and I, and I just let it go. I feel when I walk into a room, my shoulders being able to come back and I feel my head up. Like it feels different in every part of my body when I'm not holding on to this thing. Mm. And because I feel it differently, yeah, it changes the way that people see me when I walk into a room too. Oh my gosh. I Absolutely. Absolutely. I was actually having a conversation with someone about this yesterday about, um, you know, I, I, I was talking, I was talking to him about like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what's going on, but like, I feel like I've, I've gone from being Thanos to being like this total wimp. You know, I, I, I joke with him about it because I'm like, I'm feeling all these feels right now and, and stuff like that. And, and I'm like, people are being so kind to me. And he's like, they're not being kind to you. It's because you're, you're putting out more kindness into yeah. the world. Yeah. And now that you're putting out more kindness, people are responding in kind. And it sounds very similar with you. Yeah. You, you let go of those, those, bl that blanket. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and I, I, this is another thing too is, um, uh, you know, many people will talk about frequencies and stuff and, and energy and stuff. We don't have to go there. But also at the same time, uh, in terms of looking at um, either the energy of guilt or shame or, or feeling like a victim, it's a heavy, dense energy. And when you can let it go, I mean, even I'm sitting up right now, right? right. When you can let it go... You're going into the uh, 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 literally a lighter energy, which is why right. a lot of people will describe it as it felt like 
a weight came off my back. And it's, there are so many ways that you can describe it. You can talk about the, the energy of it. And you yeah. can talk about like the actual physiological response. Yeah, Jordan yeah. Peterson talks about the lobsters and, you know, the actual, the, the, the chemical like, war that's going on when you're in that fear mode and, and how you literally shrink up when you're in that fear mode. And I think a lot of people, you talk about the victim, we don't, a lot of people don't know that they have control over the, that. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, well, both in the long term, like you can shift. I mean, that's the whole point of your joy revolution. It's the sure. whole point of my exponential evolution is you can shift that over over time. And also in that moment, we always have that choice to be able to, to be able to, to, to let, to, to throw that blanket off. Cause it comes back. It comes back it at does. times. It does. There are days when I wake up and I'm like, who the hell did I think that I was that I could, that I could go out and start this, this change in the world. Absolutely. And, and even to just break the fourth wall with our audience, we stopped already in the middle of us of this because we felt a weight. And then we had to check ourselves and be like, Wait, we have nothing. To- we didn't feel it. Let's be honest, Mark. I felt it. I, I felt it. I know you are. I felt. I felt this weight of like, oh, who, like it comes back, and in in every moment, I have that opportunity to say, like, we're coming right back to this. I, I love it. I love it. Which talks about the idea of choice. Absolutely, it's always about choice. Um, uh, amazing. So, I, I I I know for you, one of the big things is this idea of. Um, sort of kind of growing up as like a pessimist mm-hmm. and like I'm talking to you right now and it's like it's very optimistic the way that you're like this kind of outlook that you have on life I mean you, you, you give you, you've given my my Asian hair arms um, like many goose goose pimples and collie wobbles in the first like 20 minutes of the show already so this, that's a very optimistic um, connective thing that that's happening mm-hmm. was was it that intuitive hit that that freedom that you experienced that moved you immediately from pessimist to optimist? It, it, no. Okay. <laughs> um, I I wish there were one defining moment. It would be nice if there were. There were multiple defining moments. Okay. Um, I was going to be the youth pastor. I couldn't do it. I decided to go teach young adults in Sunday school. I couldn't do that either. Like I started taking, I started taking my world into this optimistic view in my twenties. But then I left the church that I was a part of, like left the whole religion. I went into like, I'm an atheist. How was that for your family and with you? I mean, it created, it definitely created a rift with my father and I Mm. for a long time. We've healed that recently and it's Mm. absolutely beautiful. Right on. But it definitely created a rift with my family. It also started this, what I know now was a realignment of what was true, but at the time felt like failure. It started a process of a couple of years later, I went through a divorce or a couple of years later, I, I went through, like I completely like left the career that I was building. And then right after that, we moved and I went through a divorce. And so I spent about five years in this space of like the, like the depth of pessimism this belief that I had that was that I was a failure, even though I was success, successful, like I was heading, you know, leadership in my in my 
church leadership in my organization, the wife, the two kids, the house with the picket fence, like all of it. You looked at the outside, Josh had it going. Like when, when, we, <laughs> when, we, when we moved, there were a hundred people at my house as a farewell parting thing. Like I had all of it and inside it still felt like a failure. I was always looking at the things that weren't going right, the places where I didn't measure up, the places where it, it wasn't, where I didn't feel right. Okay. And so in each one of those, in each one of those stages, it looked like a failure at a time, but it was part of the shedding of that coat. It was part mm. of taking it off. Mm. So, so I, I, I want to start go, getting at a few of these things um, and, and, and start to funnel it down because it wasn't, it, 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 it wasn't, um, Maybe I'm using this wrong. It wasn't one burning bush moment. <laughs> Is that what it's called? There were. I mean, there, I'll give you a, a burning bush moment in a second. Oh, okay. But yeah, it was. It was a process of preparing me for that burning bush. Oh. Like you want to talk about Moses? Moses had. You know, the burning bush was. Um, was that epiphany moment. It was that like call to action moment. But if the stuff that had happened to Moses had not happened to Moses, Moses would not have been in the place to even see the fricking burning bush. <laughs> he got, he got kicked out of his place in Egypt and sent out, like rushed out of Egypt went out to the desert and lived in the desert for 40 fucking years <laughs> and then seized the bush. So yeah, this, this was all of that. Yeah, there was a bush moment. <laughs> but there was 40 but there years. Had to be, there had to be everything that led up to that bush moment. Oh, that bush moment would have meant nothing. It's a flaming bush out in the middle of the <laughs> desert and, and, and Moses is back in Egypt, you know, fine dining. Ah, so, I I, I want to go to the some of the things that led up to this this moment. Then, um, I I know you've talked openly about uh your your divorce, and and in in talking with your your coach and your therapist over the meaning of life and yeah. some of the things that um transpired between the two of you were really these moments that you've taken with you for a long a long time what what would be some of the things that that you would say you've carried with you from that that therapy from working with that coach i sat down i just went through the googled i need my my life right before right before i got divorced right before i even said anything to my my uh, ex now ex-wife about mm -hmm. I, I want a divorce I was just at the place where all of the, all of the stuff that I just described to you, the relationship that I had with my, um, with my ex-wife, like it was just, it created, it had created so much friction that something had to change. Something had to let go. Mm. So I called her. I'm sitting down. One of the books that I read growing up was called The Purpose Driven Life. Yeah. And it was all about how God has this purpose from you for you, and here it is in black and white. Thank you, you know, you're welcome for me giving you this purpose for your life. <laughs> and that book never resonated with me at all. And so now I'm here in this in this chair with her, and I'm contemplating divorce. I've already left my 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 church. I've already left my job, and I went. I I, I just like I'm distraught, and I'm like, what? I don't even know where it came from. What's the meaning of all this? I 
knew she wouldn't have the answer, but I was like, <laughs> like, please just give me something. What's the meaning in all this? And she sat back in her chair and she just looked at me and she said, Josh, there is no meaning in life except the meaning that you give it. And that didn't come from her. I actually read the quote recently where, where it did come from. But in that moment, it was the, like, I, it, that was part of, another part of that cloak coming off was like, mm. you get to decide this. You get to figure it out. There is the purpose that I, that I had, like, that's, that's when I, I went home and I, like, wrote down a life purpose and it's evolved over the years, but it started off with now I'm, I'm going to say it and you're going to think, did you just get that off of a, a, one of the plaques that they have at, at TJ Maxx? But in the <laughs> moment it was, it was real for me. It was to live richly, to love deeply, to laugh often, to linger in the moment, to learn voraciously mm. and to teach others to do the same. That part was the purpose. It was about being present in the moment and experiencing all of those things in those moments and then passing on that ability to others. Mm. Because that, if we want to talk about choice, choice is about being present in the moment and realizing exactly what's coming up and yeah. choosing, I don't, I don't want this old version. Yeah, I'm yeah, absolutely. A new version, right? Well, just to, to be a... Um, you know, just for for a little bit of clarity's sake, mm -hmm. um, isn't that what you already were going to do as a youth pastor? Is teach? Yes. And because yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing this, y'all got to see this face. He's like and, smiling with his eyes at me. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to do. And 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 in that moment, I thought that the only way for you to experience that freedom from that terrible version of you was to have a savior that was outside of you. And that's what I was going to teach people. That is what I was going to teach is you cannot do this on your own ever. Stop fucking trying and give it up to somebody else. Mm. And we, it's, I mean, it's the story of humanity. We're always looking for that thing that's outside of me to save me. And guess what? It's not coming. Absolutely. I mean, we get, we give our power away so much. Yeah. So much. It's not coming. And so it's, it's, and, and not only is it not coming, it's already here. It's yeah. in, it, it's inside of you. Yeah. And so that, that was a pivotal moment for sure of, of like recognizing I have the choice to decide. Not only, um, she said there's no meaning in life. I took that to mean two things. As things happen outside of me, I get to assign the meaning to whatever it is that's happening. And I get to create the meaning for my life to, 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 to move forward with that. Mm. Both of those things hit me very clearly in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it still was a process. Even in, in that moment, there was a decision to change that. And there still was more shedding that had to happen. There was still more practice that needed to happen to, to be able to not just now I know it. Now it's in my head. Yeah. And now I've got to get myself to believe it. Yeah. Now, in terms of, of, of this, this sort of change mm -hmm. in, in, in the direction and, uh, you know, uh, uh, now being able to assign meaning and, 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 and have choice over, over uh, almost perspective and the way that you see the world, the way you show up in the world. Every bit of it. Hey, 
it's Mark. I hope you're digging the Golden Mike podcast. If you have or are just starting your own revolution fueled by joy, there's a site I created for you. If you, like me, believe that personal growth is simply not enough, if you, like me, are committed to changing history for the better in both micro and macro ways, check out joyrevolution.com. In there, you'll find an archive of our over 200 Golden Mike Live Facebook shows and, of course, our podcast that you're currently listening to. Check out the blogs highlighting how positive psychology and joy theory apply to your everyday life. There's even some cool clips from our Joy Revolution course geared towards influencers, speakers, writers, and change agents. It's all there. Go to joyrevolution.com. That's joyrevolution.com. Let's get back to the episode. What, you know, uh, talk to me about, you know, a, a, one of the, the first things that you remember change it, like e- either a perspective change or this moment you had talking with someone or something that happened as a result of that perspective change. It took a while. It, yeah. it still took a while from that moment because, again, this is I, – I did go ahead and go through the divorce. Mm-hmm. I moved to a, a little house, a little actually a garage apartment, one-room house where I had the bed in the same room as the kitchen. And I've got my kids that are spending time with me in that little one-room wow. garage. And I'm looking back at you know leaving all these things that I left. And I, I told my – I texted my wife. She was traveling uh, and I think we were still married at the time going through the divorce. And I said to her – I texted her. I was like, I quit on my – I quit my faith. I quit my career. I quit my marriage. I don't know what there is left to quit on. And it wasn't a cry for help. It wasn't a, like I'm, I'm going to take my life. It was just like I don't, I don't know what left there is to, to quit. Yeah. And I remember one night looking in the mirror, like just – looking in the mirror and I'm like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And I'm just bawling. There are like tears coming down my face. Just like, like, I hate you. I hate you. And it took, it took being in that moment where I, where I, like, that was what was causing all the problems in the first place. It wasn't, it wasn't that, that actually any of the, anything was wrong. It was just that I looked at myself and I hated what I saw. And it wasn't until I could sit in that and go, I don't know that I, I I don't know that I had it in that moment, but I look back and 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 I see that it was like, and that's okay, but it gets to be different. Mm. You know what it feels like? It feels like you were talking to young Josh from oh, yeah. North Carolina, who never got to reconcile some things. Yeah, a- and that young Josh was was always kind of, um, I wouldn't say crying for help, but it was 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 a part of a wound. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and so in many ways, um, I, I don't know if you've, you've, you, you've heard the term the wounded healer, you know? So like, even when you realize that you want to teach or you want to heal or you want to parent, there's still the wounds. And, and that is the reason that I train leaders now. So many leaders are leading from the, from still not having healed from their own wound in order to in order to heal that. And I think that's, I think that's great. I think that it's awesome that people are 
saying, I was wounded. I want to make sure that no one else is wounded. And so let me teach from that place. Right. And when we can heal from that place, when we can lead from a place of actually feeling whole, of actually taking that, that, that wounding that I had and, and moving past it so that, so, so that no longer am I running from the wounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that I'm leading to something that uh, I'm creating a world where that wounding will can never exist for anyone else again because I'm I'm drad I'm radically shifting the world. That doesn't mean that I that, like having that vision. It's got to be so big that I probably can't accomplish it in my lifetime. But if I live from that space, that no one else will ever experience this because this is how radically I'm shifting the world. Sure then it allows me to show up in the world that way rather than running from that wounding. So healing from that wound allows me to be able to lead from a place of wholeness. That's amazing. I, I, I want to talk about that in, in, in a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm getting an intuitive hit to, um, to, to, to just go back again because it's so full circle how much things are, are, are coming to. Even though you um left the church mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's there's so much that um in, in terms of uh, uh like even the stories in the bible about mm -hmm. like there i mean literally there's a person taking wounds <laughs> yeah you know and, and the way that we as as human or we 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 as uh flawed humans mm -hmm. interpret that story will be a, a, a millions of different perspectives and we argue over it, but how much of your story is so similar to that book? Because they're all so similar. Exactly. Because I, because I look back, you know, I, I, I can put a parallel to Moses, you know, maybe yeah. not the burning bush and let's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not freeing enslaved people. I'm, you know, but in that, um, we all can. We all have that story. And this is this is what, as I talk to people over and over again in my coaching and, you know, as people come up to me after I, after I speak about something and, and they go, yeah, I've been through that. And, and they haven't shared that with anyone else or they yep. haven't, yep. They, they haven't been able to tell that story. The magic in these stories is the fact that they got shared and that it helps someone else to realize I'm not alone in this. Yep. Yep. And, and I, I, I think that's, that's so much of the part of this too is, I mean, Jesus went through the same thing. So many of those stories where they went through the same thing where the stuff that they thought was the thing that was setting them back. Yeah. The stuff that they thought was the thing that was taking them off track of where they were going was actually the thing that was leading there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and dude was a punk rocker, by the way. I, I, I got to say. Jesus or Moses? I, I don't know enough about Moses. I grew up okay. in Catholicism. Oh, okay. so it was very, it was very uh, you know, New Testament stuff, okay. right? Um, and, and oh, not you were lucky. The, the reason that mine, mine was all the old yeah, Testament yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was all the judgment crap. It was all the. Well, don't, don't forget, I spent the, like 20 years of my life going into a, these these churches with 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 a bloody Christ, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I was a big fan of of the buddy Jesus, right? That, that came out after um, when they did the rebrand of the church, right? Um, but uh, 
You know, and, and uh, I, I'm not quite sure where we, where we went with Jesus, that. Something... Jesus was a punk rocker. Oh, is what he, you was, were saying. he was such a punk rocker. I, I, I thought, and and to me, I thought it was a form of of real um, uh, radical, uh, both self acceptance. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The full-on questioning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of self, and then uh, in like servant leadership, you know, and and also at the same time not giving his power away. I remember yeah. one of the things. Um, uh, oh my gosh! Like, I got him too. My my really? non-Asian, <laughs> my white man hair. Oh, no, no, you got you got some Asian arms. hairs on your arm. Look at that! Look at that! Look at those little bear arms of yours. <laughs> You get those waxed like I do. <laughs> it's not necessary, my friend. <laughs> this is a natural wax. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, um, you know, I, I, I remember. I, I don't remember where. I don't remember where. Uh, uh, what book or what verse it was? But the dude went and and said once, "Come here, buddy. Do not share." your pearls with the swine. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, holy cow. This guy is this guy is talking about both radical self-acceptance, mm-hmm. radical service, mm-hmm. and also not fucking around and and having your heart stomped on mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and uh, like he, he was talking about non-martyrdom. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. What, which is why he probably went and prayed. Like, why are you making me a martyr? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't get this, dude. I've done what you said, yeah. God, and yeah. here you are. Like, I'm about to die. Yeah. yeah. But, but oh my God. So we we talked about this beforehand of that yeah. of the acceptance. What did he say at that point? Not my will, but yours be done. Mm. And it was a. You, you, he went through all of that, like went through all of those, like the 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 temptation of, of Christ. Um, I, I don't want to get too far down into this, but the temptation was was really about like, am I up to this task? Am I up to this thing that I'm that I'm going after? Um, that was what the temptation was about. And then he went into his ministry, and now okay, he's he's in that place of he's about ready to be martyred for these these things that he's saying, which is. You have this within you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> and like, no, I don't want to do this, but not my will, but but yours be done. And uh, I said, not my will, but thine be done. That was the, that was my hyper Christian. Like, we we only read the King James version, the these and the thous, like all that, right? Okay, so not I read my, the uh, the uh, the action comic uh, Bible. Yes, <laughs> nice, I was, nice. I was a big fan of that See? one. <laughs> so not not my will, but yours be done. Mm. So much of this process that we grow, that we go through that in order for me to drop that coat off, in order for me to hear the words that that my my coach was telling me, there had to be an acceptance. There had to be a letting go of what I was holding on to. I'm not sure if I brought this up earlier, but I did write it down. Um, it sounded. As if one part of your life, or many parts of your life, have been about instead of um, pushing and squeezing mm-hmm. life, uh, about <laughs> allowance, like you yeah. talked about. But but you know uh, another term would would be surrender. Surrender is the that's exactly it. Such an important word. And it's so funny that when when I, I'm not saying that one is there was something that was wrong or right. But you had to find it for yourself what surrender meant, yeah. And and you know versus you know versus doing everything that you had been told and prescribed to do with your life, yeah. 
I had a, sat down with a, a coaching client the other day and we talked about surrender. And he mm. said, I don't think I've, I, I know what surrender means or what surrender is. And I said, yeah, you do. He said, you rode a bicycle. You learned how to ride a bicycle. When you started riding that bicycle, you fought everything that you knew about physics, about every, at five years old, you knew stuff about physics. You knew that this is two wheeled bicycle. There is no way that this thing can stand up. But what you didn't know about physics is that one. <laughs> I think if you throw a, a couple F-bombs in front of it, in front of the TEDx crowd, I think yep, that's going to yep. be provocative that, enough, let's right? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> but, I mean, in moving in, in, moving in front of uh, the, the, the TEDx audience. Um, I mean, it's like, like any other, other thing. Um, it's, it's something that I, I, I don't know about you, but, but for, for me was one of the bigger challenges in my life, mm-hmm. um, what was to take that stage and, and be vulnerable. Um, uh, you know, also be able to drop a little bit of knowledge, mm-hmm. Something I, I didn't think I could do uh, with all the roller der- derby head traumas that I've had is, is memorize something and stay right. stick to the script. Yeah. Um, d- do you have any uh, uh, trepidation as as you move forward as walking into this onto that red dot? Yeah, you know. Can I? Do we have time for me to tell you about the story of how I got here? How I got to this? Yeah. Absolutely. So TEDx um, uh, is not something that I had ever really. Like I, well, let, let me let me put it in, in this fashion. I was walking down the road one day in downtown Woodstock in Georgia, which is where the TEDx is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I had this. And you got drug and robbed. I did. I did not get <laughs> drug and robbed. Although, um, although there might, the, the, it could have been. You could see it as the exact opposite of the drugging and robbing experience because I'm walking down the street and um, and I. I'm thinking about all these things, a lot of these things that we're just talking about. I'm like, I want to get this message out there. I want to get this, this, I want to, I want people thinking in this way and I don't know how to do it. I'm just like brainstorming all this stuff and I'm walking along and I literally had this experience of like, I took a step and I was on a TED stage. The lights are in my eyes. There's an audience in front of me. And then I took another step and I was back on the street. And it was so like, it was such a vivid, profound vision that I, I, I literally stopped in the street and I was like, what the heck just happened? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I did was I said, well, this, this, okay, so this is for me. This is like a vision of the future. I'm going to go, I'm going to go make this happen. So I started calling TEDx coaches, people that help get people on stages. Yep. Um, they, they can help coach me through my story and they can find a stage for me. And I was like, that's not the way. That's not the way. And like two months later, I got an email. TEDx is coming to Woodstock. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it. And so there was just like a- approaching going into like this, this is, this is the stage that I'm going to be on. Um, there was just this like knowing th- that went into it. And yet, <laughs> so you asked me what I'm afraid of. <laughs> now I'm here. I'm about ready to go on this stage and I'm looking at the people that I'm on the stage with that have had have accomplished some really fantastic things over their lives mm-hmm. um and th- there's there's a there's a bit of that one of the problems why when we choose to do something different we don't stay with it is what has been termed the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. it's like well who am i yeah absolutely to do this so that's definitely showing up in this like is is this is this something that's even worth talking about maybe maybe i'm the only one that ever had to deal with it um, and, it, and it's also the exact same, that's the exact same fear that everyone has with telling their story is I'm the only one that's ever had to deal with this. 
Absolutely. And when you tell it and people start coming out of the woodwork and people start going like, yeah, I've never dealt with it exactly like that, but this, I felt the same way. Well, I, I think that's one of the, the cool things is, is, uh, you know, as, as I'm, you know, as, as we're talking about certain things and I'm like, man, this is going to be a very Christian centric, uh, conversation. And also at the same time, there's, there's a certain uni- universalness of the conversation. Um, the, the, the idea of, 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 of pushing forward, being mm-hmm. resilient, mm-hmm. having fear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It, it happens. It, uh, these things happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. And yet, it, and when we tell the story, people distill it down and are like, man, there's something universal about what he's telling. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and everyone sees it a little bit differently, mm-hmm. right? That's the beauty of, of the human experience, you know, and that's uh, the beauty and the beast of, of, of the way that people will take something that's universal and turn it into a religion, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it creates community uh, mm-hmm. and also creates some divides in mm-hmm. us versus them sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, but uh I, I, I love this idea of like universal membership that you're preaching, right? It, it, it's it, like everyone has a- access. So I'm, I'm going to tell you yeah. the, the core of my coaching comes down to like, if, I believe that if we can get down three beliefs, three beliefs, that's all you need. Okay. And these aren't new beliefs, but they're, they're sequential. And if you'll, if you'll take the process, then there's literally nothing that you can't actually take action on. The first belief is that I'm enough. Okay. Again, not a new thing. It's there's Brene Brown talks about it. There's a ton of people out there talking about that. I am enough, but it's getting beyond just the mantra of like, I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm enough. Like knowing that when you know that when I stop looking at myself and judging myself and accept me exactly where I'm at, I start then getting into this view of myself that I'm connected because I'm looking out at other people and I'm not judging them anymore. I'm not looking at them and going, look how you screwed me over. I I know what I'm capable of. I know the times that I've screwed people over. And I know that I'm capable of choosing something different. So I know you're capable of choosing something different. So this connected is interpersonal connection. It's it's partially interpersonal connection. (laughs) And then you iterate that interpersonal connection over and over and over again. And you've now you've got this, like you start looking and going, we're all the friggin' same. It's a field. And now, field. and now this whole, like all of these, all of these interpersonal connection, it, it is a field and it becomes, this is where the exponential part of the evolution comes in. If you're coming to this whole, if you're coming to this with, I am enough too, because I, because I've taught you that, or because somebody else has taught you that. And now we're both coming into this, into this connection together from that place of wholeness. No longer are you expecting me to make you whole or vice versa, but we're both coming in whole and now we've got a multiplier effect. And now you're looking around the world and there's, wow, look at all these people that are coming to this conversation whole. What can we do together now that we're not trying to fix each other, now that we're not trying to, now that we're all, we're all here. And now you've got a cause, you've got a movement that comes out of that. So you get really connected to that. And what I've started seeing is that each of like those connection pieces, my connection with myself now, my connection with others, mm-hmm. and my connection to this cause, this thing, this purpose that, mm-hmm. that's available to us, that I have started seeing that as God. That's what God is. And so then by doing that, you get really connected to God. Mm-hmm. God's not this thing that's outside of me. It's not this thing that I'm separate from. It's this thing that I am a part of mm-hmm. and that we're all a part of. So it is... 
I was thinking about we're talking about woo woo, that that oneness. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it really is. But it takes coming the, to get really deeply to that. It takes seeing myself as that I'm a part of that. It takes seeing myself. Oh as my gosh, a- absolutely. And 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 you can either call it woo woo woo. Um, uh, and I was making fun of you earlier for it, but but also at the same time, like uh, Mother Teresa said the same thing. Yeah. Jesus said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Martin Luther King said the same thing yep. about the oneness yeah. of all humans. Yep. Well, what what they forgot, and they they also probably talked about it, but they they the part the reason they didn't talk about it is because um, intrinsically they knew that wholeness. Yes, and it so was an assumption that yeah. was brought forward. So, so I, I think a lot of times people come to this place of of of, of wholeness on their own, and and, and then they want to go right to the connectedness piece of it, like we're all one, and they forget that there's a large group of people that have never experienced that wholeness. Yeah. They've, ne- they've always experienced that that deficiency, and so they're coming to the world saying, "What can I get? What can you give me? How can you make me whole?" And when they realize that they are already whole, and then they come to the world with a surplus, and now they're going, "How can I stay connected? How can I?" Relationships change when you come to it like that. Absolutely, uh, you know, one of the things we I, talk about. Yeah, I, I just want I just want to put a, a real capstone on this. That just this before we move past this. But what the, the third belief is? Oh. I'm empowered. I'm empowered uh, because when you realize your connectedness to God and you realize that God's created, that you've got that purpose that's inside of you, like what kind of God would keep you, would say, go do this and then not give you all the resources that you need to go get it done? Oh, Thanos. <laughs> A pretty nihilistic one. Okay. Right? Um, I mean, that's... I mean, that's that's not a great place to, to start from. When, when you know that you're... That, when you are taught that you yeah. you're never going to be enough yeah yeah so so the, those three beliefs again they, they all kind of come in, in order once you get to that i am enough once you look at, you, you you've seen all that you get to the i am connected it's it's the belief that comes directly out of that it's the action that comes out it's the action of going out and and being connected with other people and now we've got this we've got this thing that feels purposeful in the world let's go do this the time's going to figure itself out the money's going to figure itself out. The resource, the people that, that you need are going to all show up to get that done. That's at the heart of, that's, that is at the heart of everything. In the middle? Yes. You, you want to know what's in the middle of that? God? It's love. Okay. So what I'm, I'm holding up to him right now. It's getting now out of fear. Is my amazing drawing. My amazing Venn diagram. Yeah. Where of, all those places come together. Yeah. And by the way, so getting out of judgment into acceptance of myself, right? Mm-hmm. Getting out of, of a feeling of separateness and into connection. Getting out of a fear of, we talked about this and you made fun of me about this too. Getting out of, of, of <laughs> scarcity, out of, getting out of scarcity about my resources and into an, an abundance mindset mm-hmm. about, about that. Mm-hmm. Where, where all those places meet is what happens when I just surrender. It's what happens when I just let go and, and, and drop all the, all the stuff that everyone else told me was supposed to be true. And I just trust the truth of what I what I know mm. just trust the truth of of the knowledge of who I am I hope you enjoyed the golden mic podcast there's more good stuff coming your way but until the next episode let's stay in touch yes 
find us on Instagram as the Joy Rev, the Joy Rev, or communicate with like-minded revolutionaries in our Facebook group. Search the Joy Revolution Underground. And of course, don't forget to check out the classes, articles, blogs, and some serious fun at joyrevolution.com. That's joyrevolution.com. Now, until then, what will you do to change history for the better? Let's go out and play, shall we? Press start to begin.